RSL sign Anderson, Julio, and Jefferson Savarino. Who cares what else happened? You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. Welcome back to Here at the Riot. Uh, this is Josh, and I got Dax here with me. I'm not with you, with you, but I am. In spirit. I am with you. Yes. We're, and in fact, we are all with each other <laughs> in the metaphorical sense. But yes, this is, wow. here, this is here at the Riot. This is uh, um, the best RSL podcast that I listen to. I don't know if you've listen to one that's <laughs> that's better than this one but this one this one is the best you don't listen to any of the other ones no how could i do that you only listen to ours yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i don't i mean sometimes i'll like turn ours on but i don't really listen because i was already there i'm creating an echo chamber josh <laughs> <laughs> I, I say things to myself I'm like you know what this is good and then i listen to this podcast i'm like see the experts agree with me fair enough <laughs> you're like wow i was thinking the same exact thing this guy knows what he's talking about it's because it's me i'm never gonna disagree with myself <laughs> anyways we talk about all things rsl on this podcast and the past few weeks have some pretty pretty exciting news pretty exciting things that have happened um oh yeah good stuff so if you i think if you recall last time we talked we were like huh rsl needs to sign someone hopefully they sign one person if they sign a person before the the signing window was over we would be happy yep and, and we were like, it'll probably be Anderson Julio. Probably. That that was that was we were like, that's the best we can hope for right now. Um But RSL just had to go and prove us wrong because they assigned three. Three new players. Well, not yes, not new. Two of them aren't new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Three they signed three players during this transfer window. That is what I think that is way better than what we could have hoped for um going into this um but so they they signed anderson julio who played with them on loan last season from some liga mx side san luis san luis never watched them me neither never will (laughs) (laughs) um chris cablan from sweden Ooh, ooh. He's Swiss. He's Swiss. Yes, but the His team, team he came from. Uh, Wasland Beveren. I'm probably saying that incorrectly. But That's I just okay. thought Wasland was a super cool name. We forgive you for saying Wasland incorrectly. <laughs> but he, he is a Swiss player. I guess we should say Anderson Julio is a forward slash wing yeah, you should know that by now. Yeah, I know that, but maybe I'm someone... Ca- I'm calling you guys out. Oh. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> didn't, you didn't do your, your RSL research last season. Um, Chris Cablan is a left back or left center back in a three-back system, as we might discuss <laughs> later in the podcast. Um, Ooh, foreshadowing. And... <laughs> This is the big one. This is the one that we were all hoping that would happen. You know, I had many a dreams about this one. <laughs> Not really. It was just one. I was going to say, it's a little weird. Okay, I didn't have any dreams about it, but it sounded <laughs> sounded good. Jefferson Savarino is coming back after his brief vacation in Brazil. It's He's coming... Jefferson, by the way. Jefferson? Yeah. Does just, it start uh, with a Y? It starts with a J. It should start with a Y, because he's, he's Venezuelan. 
Well, you know the language better than I do, but I'm pretty sure he prefers Jefferson. But anyways. But like, if 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 it's but not a Y, it's Hefferson. Oof, I don't like that. That's what it is. <laughs> anyways. Hefferson. Jefferson Saverino from uh, Atletico Mineiro um, in the Brazilian Serie A. Used to play for RSL, is now coming back. So, that's cool. It's fantastic. And the other thing is, he wanted to come back. He really... uh, You know, all the reports were that he was pushing for this. He wanted to come back. Mm -hmm. The only reason he left was his family couldn't come over, I believe. uh, Something to that effect. And he was like... I can't be away from my family anymore. And now uh, everyone's coming back, and he's going to play for us. I mean, honestly, he could be a lifer here from this point on. That's not out of the question, you know? And he's what, 25 years old? He is 25. I just pulled up his stats right now. Yeah, and he only improved after he left. He went uh, over to Atletico Mineiro, and he continued to score goals at a prolific rate. They won some hardware. I'm pretty sure they won the the Serie A over there. Yeah. Uh, Mineiro last season or 2020. I can't remember. Um, that sounds about but right. But he's, he's been like a consistent starter for them, playing big minutes and doing big things. Yeah, so looking at his stats here, um, he, I mean, just this season, he's played three games and has scored two goals. So if we're talking about, like, um, performance, that's that's great. That's Um, as many goals as anyone on our team has. That that is true. (laughs) You're not wrong. Let me check last season. Um, Show, please. Um, last time he played, looks like 18 games and five goals. That doesn't seem right. Maybe it is. Go one season ago. 32 games, seven goals. That seems a little more. But anyways, he's really good. <laughs> um, yep. In we ter- are pumped. In terms of his market value, sorry I'm just going into so much detail, but when he left RSL, he was worth $1.5 million. And now he's valued at eight point eight million. So, if if you know at at any time you're gonna you know, compare like how good he is based on the transfer fee, he's eight times better than when he left. <laughs> is is yeah? That's how that works, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's exa- I eight times better. Eh. He'll score eight times as many goals. But he's definitely better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess there's the possibility out there that if he really tears it up, he moves somewhere else and we make a little bit of money. But I'd be happy if he stayed. I'd be happy if he stayed too. I mean, yeah, I want him to stay for a while. So um, When that signing happened, I was like, crap, I just bought a Justin Miram jersey, which arrived finally. You finally got it? Yeah, I did before the Nashville game, and I wore it. I was like, ah, good luck, good vibes, and then that happened. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I was like, crap, now I probably am going to buy a Savarino jersey, too. When we signed him, I was like, do I buy a Savarino jersey? Is Ooh, it, is it's it tempting, it? isn't it? It is tempting. Because like, even... Even if he doesn't stay for very long, it's a great story. He yeah. he like he he starts playing there, you know, is does really good, goes to Brazil, and then he comes back to save RSL in their time of need. <laughs> He's like, "Don't worry, I'll be your your designated player." And then his his uh, his sidekick Cordova, because they're both from. Um, venezuela they're like don't worry we'll save you guys 
supposedly they know each other. Maybe. Well, yeah, maybe they, the... they they know each other from the Venezuelan national team. Yeah, maybe there will be a little connection there, and as soon as they start playing together, we're just going to start scoring a crap ton of goals. That would be great. Sh- I sure hope so. That would be so great. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I. so I'm going to go into a little bit more detail yeah, here, too. Yeah, go ahead. So um, these may not be like the the best moves in terms of what our roster needs at the moment. Um, I know some people are like, ah, we didn't get a central midfielder, mm-hmm. all that jazz. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. They might be in talks, but that's, that's a lot think... of money. If they're in talks, that's a lot of money. RSL yeah. just spent. But I don't think anyone can argue the fact that these were really savvy moves by the front office uh anderson julio his initial buy option was 2.5 million we got him for 250,000 which in my opinion is much closer to his actual value to our team he's a super sub he's not gonna go out there and start for us he wasn't we don't have the money to pay him 2.5 million Mm -hmm. for the role he will most likely play for this team obviously you know he's young that could change but it was like, that's unrealistic. So we waited, and we were patient, and the front office made a really smart decision. And look, 250000 huge. Uh, the Savarino deal, huge. Um, the Cablon deal, you know, that one kind of came out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was needed. Yeah, we're, we're a little lacking at, uh, at depth. I mean, the, the backup for Brody is Schmidt, who is also the backup for Herrera. Right. Yeah, so, so we're definitely shallow yeah. there. But the other thing is, supposedly his loan is, like, super short. Oh. So, so this is just one of those things where it's, like, it's a blitzer team to another blitzer team. Ah. And it's like, hey, let's just roll the dice and see what happens. And if he sticks, then awesome we'll keep him there and if it doesn't work out no big deal we'll just send it back um i i tried looking it up i couldn't find it i heard somewhere i believe that his loan is only till like july something wow that is really short yeah like super duper short so it's like just an experiment let's just try it out uh and if it doesn't work, no big deal. We didn't, like, throw out a crap ton of money. It was mm-hmm. just like, hey, this makes sense for multiple reasons. We're lacking depth there, and we're also, you know, kind of looking for a starting left back. Why not? Let's mm-hmm. try it. So um, do you think he starts over Brody then, or do you think that he's going to, you know, kind of fill, like, a, a substitution role? Uh, if we're playing a four-man back line, I don't think he starts over Brody, at least initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we go to a three-man back line, I wouldn't be surprised if we start him. Okay. But I uh, I don't know, because he just got here. Yeah, I haven't, so I haven't like, seen anything from him. He did not play in either L.A. or Nashville. I don't think he was even here for the yeah, L.A. game. I don't think he was either. And the Nashville game, was he on the bench? I don't even remember. Yeah, he was on the bench. He made the trip. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I think it might take some time for us to figure him out. You know, Julio came back and immediately was, like, out there because he's played with the team. But I, chemistry-wise, it might take a minute. And, I mean, yeah, yeah, his, his, also, his, like, immigration uh was like super short because he was just here so like that's why we got him so quickly um with like mm-hmm. jefferson Saverino, it's gonna take a little little longer um for that paperwork to go through so we might not see him for a couple of weeks i have they given any sort of estimate of when when he'll be here or are we just kind of in the dark on that There have been no official releases. Okay. That's uh, kind of what I thought. Yeah. Um, the, I've listened to some 
other podcasts and whatnot that mention some things, but it people are just guessing at this point. Yeah. Like we don't know. Probably a few weeks. Week and a half. Who knows? Oh, if only. If he was here for if he was here for the Austin game, that would be insane. I highly doubt it. Yeah, no way. But but it, it would be fun. It would be cool. I, I would love to go to his home debut. That would be oh, so fun. You're making me jealous. Let's see. <laughs> when could he possibly be here? I need to start looking. Yeah, you need to start looking at the next uh, few home games. But yeah, three really good moves for different reasons. You know? Um, Julio for the price. Great. Fantastic. Savarino. Probably going to be a big player for us. I was talking to you earlier. Mm-hmm. I think he will be our leading goal scorer at the end of the season. Even though he's he missed the first third. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I'm inclined to agree with you. So, I, I looked up... What are the what are what are the best soccer leagues in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, the, this this article gives me the top ten. Made MLS is number ten. Can you believe that? We've arrived, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We've arrived. Um, we like walk in the door strutting like, oh yeah, we're here. <laughs> also, also, also. Um, shout out to. The Seattle Sounders, I know, boo, we hate the Seattle Sounders, but they won the CONCACAF Champions League, the first MLS team to ever do that. So that's that's huge. Um, I feel like this is kind of, I mean, I this is something that I think we all kind of expected, um, but like this is kind of the turning point where and we can officially say that MLS is better than Liga MX, which I'm super pumped about because I hate Liga MX. Um, but yeah, huge well, accomplishment. We, we only won it once. I would agree with you, but they're still pretty this, even. This is the turning probably. point, though. This is the turning point. All right, and it could be. It could be. And I don't <laughs> think it's a. I don't think it's a coincidence that um this you know this year mls beats Liga mx in the concacaf champions league and um the u.s goes on like a five game uh unbeaten streak against the mexican national team i don't think that's a coincidence it was great timing wasn't Mm -hmm. it no josh it's not just great timing yeah, they're they're related. <laughs> um, Good stuff. But yeah, so MLS is number 10. Liga MX is not on this list, by the way. Um, and the Brasileiro League is number 8. So, Saverino playing in the Brasileiro League um, and scoring lots of goals. And then coming to the MLS, he should do better you know should should do better than that so yes i i i think that he will score lots of goals be rsl's top scorer um this season even though he's coming in like two-thirds of the way through yeah i one-third of the way through he's coming in with two-thirds left (laughs) yeah i i don't want to hype him up too much because i don't want to be disappointed but like i feel like he's just gonna tear it up Mm -hmm. like this is high profile this is probably i mean this is the biggest signing in rsl history i can remember no yeah i agree um Um, i wasn't there you know when they first started but like we don't typically go and spend this kind of money to get a player of that caliber and we're the team that produces talent and then sells Yep. you know and we're always like you know uh team effort and we win based on grit and everything and this is the first <laughs> time that we're going out and getting our chicharito yep that's 
you know, that's what Saverino is for us. He's a difference maker. So I think he'll make an impact. Uh, he doesn't fix all our problems, but oh man, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot better with with him on the field. And if you think about it, like um, it, it's been a it's been a while since, like like you said, I can't remember the last time RSL signed a player of this caliber. Um, but like at his age, because Sovereign was only 25. Technically, he's still in his prime, if you mm-hmm. go by statistics. Um, and like even like even comparing him to Albert Rusnak, like I feel like Sovereign is kind of on a different level than Rusnak because I mean I don't remember when we signed him, but Rusnak when he left was like in his in his late 20s, like 27, 28. Um and not worth nearly as much as as Sovereigno on the transfer market. Um This feels different than Rusnak. Yeah. It it definitely Rusnak's fe- a good player, but Yeah. It it definitely feels different and um I like I wouldn't be surprised if like our entire offense goes through him and is just kind of like revamped by him. Yeah. Like it's So, do you remember does he play on the right or the left? Um if I remember he plays on the right. But That's what I thought too. Yeah, and I could him be wrong. and Herrera combining. Oh, oh. Defense is better watch out. Holy smokes. So, okay, I guess I guess while we're on this topic, what do you think the best formation for our personnel is at the moment? Cuz I know you said earlier that you don't like the four in the back, um, but keep the and you know that's that's fine. Um, but we still have hopefully Crylock if he can ever get off the bench, get off the injury list that we need to mm-hmm. work in there somewhere. And I still think he belongs on the field, and we need to uh, take that into account. Um, but what what do you think their their best for, formation is with this new personnel? Good question and i don't know (laughs) you don't know no i did a whole lot of brainstorming trust Mm me um i mean we could try like a three like a three two three two so essentially the three five two again a three two three two that gives us more defensive mm-hmm. stability while also allowing the the wingbacks, Pereira and whoever else is on the left to get forward. Um, but then where do you put Saverino in a in a three to five two, basically? Yeah. I don't know if I like him as like a striker, like a true forward. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's his position. Um, so it's tough. Uh, Pablo Mascherini's got a tough task ahead of him. Um, I wonder if he will settle on a formation. Like if people get healthy and once Saverino mm-hmm. gets here, if he'll like settle on a single formation because uh, we've kind of been bouncing around between mm-hmm. a bunch of different stuff like how many different formations have we <laughs> we've have rolled, we rolled out, out yeah we have rolled we've out our fair share played 11 games and i think we've had five or six different formations mm-hmm. in those 11 games so keep it uh, keep in mind we were severely injured at one point true true but it's just like it's tough to know what this team mm-hmm is trying to do uh obviously there's an emphasis on defense and we're lacking offensively but i don't know so here's my go go with me here please all right if Cublon works out and we can play play him as a center back i think we go to a three four three Okay. And we can have Saverino and Miram on the wings. 
with Cordova up top. And I, I yeah, I think I'm going to put Crylock and Ruiz in the middle as the two, two midfielders. They can play in a diamond or whatever they want, but with that formation, if we can hold defensively and you know if we do need to we can drop Herrera and Brody on the on the wings back to kind of go five in the back Mm -hmm. um but I think we would be super dangerous up top with both Savarino and Miram and then Cry uh not Crylock well yeah Crylock kind of being the the 10 and then um Cordova as the nine I think that would be phenomenal Okay, so you would. You think Brody would play instead of Schmidt if we were running a three-four-three? Yeah. I think I think at this point Brody is ahead of Schmidt in the pecking order. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, Schmidt had his run. <laughs> he he's their top scorer right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, taters. Taters. <laughs> It's like thanks taters for the memories. Just kidding. Yep. I, 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 that's th- this is not the last we'll see of him. He'll he'll no doubt get playing time. I think he comes off the bench though. I like the three four three, but like you said, the concern is Crylock and Ruiz as the central midfielders. Mm-hmm. Can we hold defensively? I feel like yeah. I feel like we'd get ripped apart through the middle. Um, but you know. It would make for more exciting games. They, the other team would score more. We would score more. <laughs> yeah, man. We, we just got to score more than the other guys. <laughs> yeah. That's how you win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there are some big questions to be mm. asked. Uh, when Menendez gets healthy, <laughs> is he even going to get a look? Yeah. Uh, because Savarino is basically like a... <laughs> An upgraded Menendez. Yeah, Savarino is Menendez 2.0. He's yeah. He is everything that we hoped Menendez would be, plus like fifty. <laughs> yeah. He well, Miram was everything we hoped Menendez would be. So Savarino, <laughs> no, that doesn't work. It's too far. Inception. Whoa. A dream within a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes, there are some big questions that I'm really excited to see how we actually um, do this. Okay, let's answer this one question, and then I think we can move on. Anderson Julio, does he come off the bench, or does he start? Um, my brain says that he still comes off the bench. My heart says that I am getting frustrated with Bobby Wood and his uh, lack of really anything. So why not give Julio a run? Especially if we're going to continue to try and play this style of soccer where we just boot it up the field hey. and just defend. Like, that's Julio's thing. So I, I run. I, I am speed. How do I get speed? Yeah, they're like, they're both true. It's like, Yes, he's more effective if we sub him in than he's against defenders with tired legs. But also, like, our entire game plan is just, like, defend, defend, boot it up the field. So, like, maybe Julio would uh, score more than Bobby Wood is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Wood is also know. tied for top score, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it should be higher, man. See, see, I think that Julio could actually thrive in a uh, two-forward lineup because, like, the whole reason that I think he was successful off the bench is, one, because he's, like, really fast. And you mm-hmm. come in off the bench, like, the, the defenders are going to be tired, and then you just, you know, you put in a really fast guy and you can, you know, just blow by them. But also, it was the fact that he plays so differently than... Um, basically any of their other striker options if if you're not counting menendez are we counting menendez as a striker now i don't know it, but like the the three <laughs> the three main ones i guess wood yeah. rubin and cordova he's just he's so different than all of those 
So if you put him up there with like Sergio Cordova or something like that, and like you, the defenders have to be like aware of, you know, who they're guarding and what, like how they're going to play. I think that could cause some real, real havoc with, Mm -hmm. with a lot of back lines. So I could see him starting kind of as like the second forward, but, um, it's kind of up in the air at this point. I think that's a pairing that has potential. Yeah. Cordova and Julio. Because we saw um, how Cordova and Menendez worked. Um, right. It worked really well. Yeah. And, and I think that Menendez is more similar to Julio than like Bobby Wood or, some, or something like that. Men- yeah. Julio is just faster, really. Mm-hmm. The faster Menendez. Yeah. It'll be interesting, but... The, you know, the other question is, once Saverino gets here, are we going to completely change our offensive strategy? Are we going to stop just booting it up the field? I um, I think it would be a mistake not to. <laughs> I do, too. I also am concerned that we will just continue to try to do that. But any, hmm, we can speculate all day long. You, you're like, hmm, I actually thought about that. That would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're excited, you know. I mean, this is a, honestly, this is a great time to be an RSL fan. Because, I mean, we've probably said this about 50 times just this episode, but this is, this is the first time I can remember, you know, a signing like this. Mm-hmm. So, it should be really, really fun to watch how the team develops. I'm on the edge of my seat right now he's literally off- on the, he's about to fall off of his seat and we literally have like a head start like all these it feels like the team is finally you know not coming together but like the step before that like we're preparing for that and we're already in playoff position see that's you know? that is another thing i like i was totally gonna mention this they are like they're fifth in the West right now. Like that's huge. And we've played an away heavy schedule. Uh-huh. We've we have a lot of home games. We've also not only have we played an away heavy schedule, we've just played a difficult schedule in uh-huh. general. A lot of the best teams. Uh we have a stretch here of like San Jose and Vancouver. Yeah. I think back to back actually like yeah. So it'll be exciting. Like this is honestly of re- like this is a really good position probably like one of the best things we could have hoped for for rsl yeah like if we if you had asked me at the beginning of the season what could i hope for had have hoped for like this would be pretty close to it we've we- exceeded uh-huh. expectations. we've exceeded expectations and now we're yeah. about to add some huge key pieces that we were missing so mm-hmm. it's it's really exciting oh uh we should mention that uh, Cordova and Krylock are DPs now. Oh, yes. Like midseason. And it's not like it's they're not the same type of DP that Savarino is. It's they... basically just money management. Okay, yeah. They can be bought down, right? Like Cordova can be bought down if we need to? Yes, 100%. Very easily. Okay. Both of them could be bought down. The only reason I think we we transition them to DPs is because I believe when it when we have a DP, the league pays a portion of their salary. Hey. So I think it's literally just another savvy move by the front office that's just like, okay, we're not going to sign another DP like immediately. So we'll make these two guys DPs, and it's just it's just you know smart economics. Yep, managing um, money. Yeah. So. Man, it is nice to see a club that's like, you know, being smart. <laughs> I mean, it's enjoyable. That is good. I like it when the club is smart. Yeah, that's, that's generally a good thing. Yep. All right, so we should we should probably move on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you you don't have a lot to say about these games, right? Uh, yeah. You know, the Galaxy game. I got some stuff to say. Okay, so uh, in the last time that we, have, since the last episode, RSL has played two games, one one against the LA Galaxy, 
um, which they won 1-0. And then another one against Nashville, uh, which they lost 2-0. So Galaxy was at home, Nashville was away, and Nashville just finished their home stadium. It is currently the biggest soccer-specific stadium in MLS, holds about 30,000 people. So that's that's huge. Um, soccer's making making its making its way in the world. I'm I'm a I'm a big advocate for soccer in the U.S. If you if you can't tell, <laughs> I I like it when when soccer in the U.S. does does well. So, um, but yeah, um, obviously a win against the L.A. Galaxy is always good. Um, loss against Nashville at home can't say like it like I didn't expect that but also like just the I think the way in which they lost was not the best Um, yeah and we can get into those individually but I was a little surprised that we beat the galaxy yeah I kind of felt like you know hopefully we get a draw because they were they were up there in the standings too. Yeah. They've been doing really well. Yeah, that's that's true. Let I'm pulling up the stats. They were third when we played them behind uh LAFC and Austin. Uh, I'm not sure where they ended up after all the games last weekend. So they're still in third. They're still in third. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um but so if we look at the stats here Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. So possession RSL was out possessed 36 to 64. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Which I mean, when you score, let's see when you, Oh, they scored in the 49th minute. I mean, I guess that's yeah. kind of understandable. Um, but like still they should have possessed more. And that, this was also a big problem against Nashville. Um, I think like around the 70th minute, it was basically the same possession stat, 30, 35, 65. Um, and then the last like 15 minutes of the game, RSL actually started attacking. So they mm-hmm. balanced it. I think it came out to like 45, 55. Um, they were still down in possession. But um, anyways, it was 6 to 13 shots. The Galaxy had the edge. Um, they both had four on target. Um, fouls pretty even. Uh, Galaxy had way more corner kicks. But yeah, so... Um, it's, just, it's been the same thing all season. We just... We get one lucky shot, one lucky chance. Yeah. And then... We're... We're pretty clinical in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone but our forwards, <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> yeah, um, only our defenders are clinical in goal, in front of goal. Yeah, but like we defend pretty well, mm-hmm. and then uh, we make the most of our chances. Yep, that's that's kind of our mold currently. And see, and... go sorry, going back to the signings, um, the fact that we signed some key offensive pieces. Um, bodes really well for that kind of style of play because we know that RSL is strong defensively because they've had to absorb um, a huge amount of you know offensive pressure from other teams. Uh, just look at the the Galaxy game and the Nashville game. They, I mean, they were they were outshot both of those and still you know came and Gal in the Galaxy case they came out on top. Um, but adding these offensive pieces. Um, is is just really what they've been missing. So if we can maintain this uh, defensive sturdiness while adding some like offensive power, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. That's that's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. The let's see the galaxy game. It was kind of nice that Silva was the one that scored. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he hadn't scored since like 2019 or something. 
The man deserves <laughs> it. He's the captain right now, isn't he? Yeah, with he Krylock is. With Crylock being out. Yeah, and uh, with the Glad injury, mm-hmm. Silva has actually played like more than any other any other defender. That's true. He's also, been a constant force back there, and he's been like a huge part of why we are where we are right standing. That's true. And shout out to Justin Glad. He had a phenomenal game against the LA Galaxy. Um, just really strong defensive performance. Um, you know, basically the reason we we didn't lose that game. So, um, yeah, shout out to Justin Glad. Um, I guess it's worth noting the controversy, controversy, <laughs> yeah, with the LA Galaxy game. So, um, for those of you who don't understand offsides, because honestly, that's the only that, that is the most confusing rule and probably the only confusing rule in soccer. Everything else is pretty much straightforward. Um, but so offsides, you cannot be between the last defender and the goal when the ball is kicked and influence the play in any way. Now, with that in mind, <laughs> the uh, the Galaxy had actually they'd scored a goal, I think, in like the 93rd minute. Does that sound right? 93rd minute? Um, uh, it, it was around then. It was in like, stoppage was the time. the last 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they called it back. They, they reviewed it with VAR and called it back because... The, the guy who scored the goal was not offsides, but someone, another player, had come back to pressure to challenge Justin Glad for the ball, and he was offsides. Um, now, according to the letter of the law, um, if he influences the play and he was in an offsides position when the ball was kicked, then that should be offsides. Um, I think they made the right decision there. Josh, I know you have a different opinion about that. Well, I don't think it was the wrong decision. I think letter of the law, yes, it was the right call. Ah, okay. But I think, like, practicality-wise, I don't think that he impacted Justin Glad enough to change the outcome. So I think even if he doesn't challenge there, I don't think Glad gets to that ball. Okay, I think that's and a I think, fair... And I think the Galaxy scores anyway, if he if he doesn't challenge. But he did challenge, so by by rule, they have to call it. Hmm. I think that's... Based, that, I mean, that's my opinion. But, okay. But you I know... was definitely pumped <laughs> that, we, that we got that and that we got the points. And <laughs> the thing is, like, if you watch that goal, the, the players, like, they're like... They, they didn't even know. Like, they were like, well, there's no way he's offside. Like, even even me watching it, I'm like, there's no way he's offside. And actually, I watched the game later. I had already known the score. So mm-hmm. I, I knew that it got, like, overruled somehow. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, that is... You, you hardly ever see that called. Or, like, you are hardly ever see that, like, actually happen in the game. Right. Um, what? Yeah. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Oh, okay. okay yeah. yeah, you hardly ever see that call in a game. It was just really... I, I knew something was going to happen. I didn't expect it to be that. So, really really good news if you're an RSL fan. Really bad news, I guess, if you're a, a Galaxy fan. Um, but, you know, they won against the Galaxy. They, going... Well, there was, there was one other thing. Oh. Um... Everton Louise started, and I think he actually played a pretty good game. Wow. And I have to mention that there because I've been critical of him in the past. You have. And I'm going to definitely lay into him for the Nashville game. And see, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea why we continue starting him over Scott Caldwell. I I don't know either. I really have no idea. At the beginning of the season, we thought, uh, you know, okay, Caldwell has won the starting spot. Yeah, but I totally now it seems that. now I get the vibe that 
uh, Everton Luis was just, you know, working his way back from injury, mm-hmm. and he's the preferred option ahead of Caldwell. And, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's, oh, that's what man. it seems like. And let's see. Let me... Okay, Scott Caldwell played against the Galaxy. Um, he subbed in. Yeah. I'm trying to see, like, do we think that Scott Caldwell is even behind Nick Beasler at this point? Oh, they're kind of sixes. Like, well, we we keep subbing in Beasler at like weird positions. Like, yeah, we, let's see. We took out Marcelo Silva for Nick Beasler. Um, so in the Nashville game, Nick Beasler came in before Scott Caldwell. Yeah. So, but he came in for Silva. He did. That's true. So let me check the Galaxy game real quick. I'm really interested. I in this I know thing. I know we've put uh, Beasler at center back mm-hmm. before. I don't know that Caldwell's ever done that. Yeah. So uh, Cal- so the Galaxy game, Caldwell came in before Beasler, um, and we subbed Beasler in for Bobby Wood. So that was most definitely like a defensive sub, mm-hmm. taking off a forward and putting in a defensive midfielder to kind of sure up sure them up defensively. Um, but that is interesting because I, I thought Scott Caldwell was better than he's definitely better than Nick Beasler, but I thought he was better than Everton Louise, but it seems like he's kind of, you know, fallen in that order somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, (laughs) but I mean, I really have a good game against the galaxy. He, Mm -hmm. He was very positionally aware for him. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job. Yeah. Um, but all that went away against Nashville, right? Yep. So the only like bad news of this entire episode was the Nashville game. It was kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. But, you know, that's okay because we beat the Galaxy and we have the signings. But, but we will briefly talk about the bummer stuff. And we mm-hmm. put it at the end. Yeah, so we're going to end on a bad note. Yeah, we're going to end on a bad note, but it's a podcast. So if people are like, no, I want to, you know, keep the good vibes, then you can just. It's a cliffhanger. So you watch (laughs) the next episode. How are they going to do against Austin? Find out next week. Just kidding. You can watch the game and find out for yourself. (laughs) But then you can come and watch the podcast. I mean, listen to the podcast. You're not watching us. For our riveting. Or maybe you are. Ooh, creepy. They're just outside our windows right now. (laughs) I find that highly doubtful for me. Oh, you'd be surprised. (laughs) On the podcast description on Spotify, I put your address. What? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Uh, Anyway. I mean, it is Taurus season. Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> um, so I watched the first half of this game. I didn't watch it live. I watched it after the fact. Um, and in and fact, you wisely turned it off after the first half. No, I actually just ran out of time. <laughs> but I was trying to watch this game on Sunday just like on my phone but since it was mother's day i felt bad (laughs) so like every time we had like a little break i'd like pull out my phone and like check the score then as soon as my like my mom would say something i put the phone away and like hide it no no one in my family knew i was watching the game it was it was fine um oh i'm sure someone knew (laughs) kaden knew um (laughs) but literally as when they scored the second goal I turned it off. I'm like, well, that's over. And they scored in the 93rd minute, so I guess the game actually was over. Yeah. Um, but my standouts was lack of possession. Um, I was following the stats, and I'm like, dang, RSL really should have more possession. It, they need to definitely tip that scale and make that more even. Because it was like like 35-65, that's bordering in like, you're being dominated by the other team. Oh no, we were dominated. Mm-hmm. It was, 
the the entire first half, I was watching this and I was just like, how are we tied? Because yeah. this is complete and utter, <laughs> like, we are just at their mercy. And yeah, from, um, from what I could tell, there was an enormous amount of offensive pressure that they had to withstand yeah. the, the first half. So, And I think that the back line, and especially McMath, did really well, to be honest. Um, you know, <laughs> we lost two zero. It could have easily been another six zero game. Mm-hmm. It it felt it honestly. We may have performed worse than we did against NYCFC, and that's that's kind of a hot take. Um, we were a little bit better defensively, but we were way worse offensively. At least against New York, we were dangerous. In this game. We were never dangerous. Yeah, that we were never going to win this game. It from the very, from the from kickoff, it was tie or lose. Like, mm-hmm. it just it wasn't going to happen. We were so lethargic. Uh, there was a lack of effort. Uh, there was a lack of cohesion. It was bad. And um, so, but, so I'm I'm gonna well. sit. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, I just said, you know, oh, well, that yeah. happens sometimes. So I'm going to say this. I think that they are struggling to connect the dots between the midfield and the forwards. Um, because you've got both Pablo Ruiz and Everton Ruiz, um, mm-hmm. neither which can kind of, they none of, neither of them fulfill like the 10 role very well, at least. Um, and I think we were just missing that kind of release that that release of pressure someone who could get the ball and then you know distribute it out to to the offense to kind of kickstart that so having yeah. crylock might have helped with that um but that's also a disadvantage of playing the 442 is that you don't have like a dedicated 10 to to do that unless you do the diamond which you know they're not they they didn't do that they played a flat flat four in the midfield but yeah i was going to say is that a personnel issue or is that a uh um formational issue well um, the, the i think the 442 is versatile in in the sense that you can do either um but i think i like, i mean bobby wood had a bad game like there's no yeah. way around he had a bad game we did get passes to him he lost the ball a ton. Michael Chang had a bad game. He lost the ball a ton. Uh, but you're you're also right. Like both of them were issues. Yeah, there was a disconnect. I um, I, I think having a solid ten will um, help them going forward. So, Crylock, get your act together and get healthy. Except not too fast. Not too I, fast. Take your time. Uh, if we bring him back and he starts and plays 90 and then he's like, oh, he's injured again, I'll be so pissed. <laughs> it's it's like that scene in Spongebob. I know you didn't watch Spongebob as a child because you had no childhood. But it's like that scene wow, in okay. Spongebob when they're doing the snail race and Patrick's just over there with his snail. That's actually a rock. It's not actually a snail. It's just a rock. And he says, it's okay, Rocky. You go when you feel like it. That's That's what we should do with Crylock. Amazing. It's okay, Dommy. You go when you feel like it. We don't have to rush. You know, maybe him and Saverino come back at the same time, and then we're just like, bam. We just up? beat everyone. Yep, this is the new RSL. Deal with it. <laughs> um, But yeah, overall, not a good performance. I think they got outshot like 21 to 6. Sounds about right. Yeah, and like four of our six shots came in the last ten minutes when we were down and pushing to mm-hmm. to finally, you know, the last ten minutes were the only times we were actually attacking. So, uh, yeah, we definitely want to see better from them going forward. I will say uh, Julio played. Julio. So cool. uh, I think he subbed in around the 75th minute, so, you know, 15 minutes-ish. Um, he looked rusty, but, you know. 
that's to be expected because he hasn't played. Yeah, and and I don't think that that you know those fifteen minutes are, um, going to be like. They're not. They're not a good indication of what he's going to be like because we we know what he can he can do. Oh, d- we, yeah, we know definitely. what he's capable of. Um, I was just happy that you know yeah. he is there with the team that he was able to play that mm-hmm. quickly. You yeah, know? I I can't remember if I said this here when we were talking before, but his immigration process was super easy because he had he had already been here, so we literally got him like you know a week after like he he's you know he's he's all done he's legal to be in the country it was great um jefferson's gonna be a little more difficult yeah it was super fast mm-hmm. with julio and also with cablan i think they just didn't announce it until he was actually here because if you look at the like the instagram stuff they said like signed and also, like, he's here. That's basically what they said. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that we were pursuing this guy. But Yeah, the Cablan one was a little more under the radar. Yeah. It didn't have the media coverage that the other two did. But Can you guys tell that we're excited for these signings? Because that's literally all, all, all we've, we've talked, talked about. about this entire time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, we beat the Galaxy, but... I feel like there wasn't a lot to talk about. Mm-mm. This is, this um, is then, definitely more noteworthy. Yeah, this this is what really matters, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm so excited. Me too. I am so excited for... I want Arsenal to be good. I don't want them to squeak into the playoffs and, you know beat the galaxy again and not the galaxy the the sounders again in penalty kicks after not putting up a shot the entire game i want them to i want them to be good and actually win and deserve to you know that if we did that again in this year's playoffs i wouldn't be surprised because right now that's kind of the identity this team has that would be really funny (laughs) if it happened like just imagine that happening twice in a row and seattle's Uh. like Shoot, now we have to go acquire Savarino. Like, <laughs> we can't beat these guys. Seattle's like, we make history uh, winning the CONCACAF Champions League for the first time, and then RSL just has to make history by beating us two years in a row without taking a single shot. <laughs> okay, Classic. I have one more thing to say about Savarino. All right. Um, if you guys remember last time, when RSL played Nashville, they won 2-1. Um, and I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of, yeah, that's a great win, but RSL does not have someone like of the caliber of Hani Mukhtar for Nashville. And, you know, that like every, every team has their own Mukhtar, and I guess I don't know if Mukhtar is the best player to kind of do that. But now we do. Yeah. And his name is Jefferson Savarino. Like, that's Luke literally Carr, what we've been Carlos missing. Carlos Heal. Yeah, Carlos Heal. That's another great example. Although, yeah, honestly, the the Revolution have, you know, more personnel besides him who can do things, and they really should be doing better with what they have. Um, but, um, but, yeah, like Carlos Heal. Um, I can't think of anyone else or... Carlos Vela, although, do you, do we think that Jefferson Savarino is going to be on the same like caliber as him? Uh, probably not. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, maybe this season, because maybe Carlos Vela hasn't been like crazy good this season. Yeah, who knows? Anyways, we were missing that piece, and now we have it, and I am so grateful that we do have him now let's go yay go buy a jersey everyone yeah (laughs) if if jersey sales don't increase by 20 percent after we drop this podcast episode don't be our fans anymore because you're not loyal (laughs) we aren't cool enough to have like a little code to give you a discount 
Here, uh, use use the code here at the riot when <laughs> when checking don't say out that. the someone, team store. Someone's See what gonna happens. do that, and then they're gonna be like, "It didn't work." Okay, don't the code is not real. It was a joke. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well, I think that's a good note to end on. Josh, do you have any yep. last words? Uh, Averino is Walker Zimmerman's dad. Uh, what? It's gonna happen in the playoffs. He's gonna be Walker Zimmerman's dad. He's just gonna be like, "I'm your father." Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna face them in the playoffs, and Saverino's gonna wreck Zimmerman. That's my prediction. Those are my last words. Either him or Cordova. Write it down. It's Drop the mic. It's already in the <laughs> podcast. We don't need to write it down. I know. It's it's just a saying, Dax. Whatever. All right. Sorry um, for dragging that out. Those those are my last words. All right. <laughs> Thanks, you guys, for uh, listening, and we will see you guys next week. See ya.